You are listening to the Wealth Without Bay Street podcast, a Canadian guide to building dependable wealth. Join your hosts, Richard Canfield and Jason Lowe, as they unlock the secrets to creating financial peace of mind in an uncertain world. Discover the strategies and mindsets to a financial future that you can bank on. Business owners are frustrated with the BS associated with traditional finance, and we couldn't be any more excited to be joined again by a very special guest, Mary Jo Ehrman, who has just recently released the book titled Life Without the Bank. And we're going to talk to Mary Jo about what life is like without the bank. And so without further ado, Mary Jo, welcome back to Wealth Without Bay Street. Well, thank you for having me again. We always love having you. Yeah, we'll see what kind of trouble you two get into this time. (laughs) (laughs) So talk to us about why business owners are just incredibly frustrated with the BS that's associated with traditional finance. Because we have to answer months of, I'll say, silly questions as soon as you need a loan, right? It's not, and it's, they don't understand, banks don't understand business. If you can't check the box, Now they're confused. How do you make your money? Why should we give you a loan? How do we give you a loan? Where did you get your money from? Can you make the payment? Hmm. So it's very frustrating. Um, And so I didn't actually have the title. In case you didn't know that, J-Lo. I actually did not have the title for the book until we bought our property. What? Mm-hmm. I, well, I had the title. I'm sorry. I, let me rephrase it. I didn't have the subtitle. I had the title of the book, but I could not decide on the subtitle until I had two months of silly questions and 11 months of bank statements for every entity that I own had to be sent to the bank to justify why they should give me a loan. And I had 80% of the cash I needed to purchase the property. Like, oh my goodness, to be kidding me. No kidding. And so, everything that Nelson talks about in his book, yep. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Nelson has a whole chapter. uh, I forget what the name of the chapter is, the title of the chapter is, but he has a whole chapter on the cost of acquisition. Right. And the fact that my two and a half percent bank loan didn't really cost me two and a half percent after answering tons of questions. And then I emailed the banker and said, and she's lovely. She was very lovely and she's very nice. And I said, this is why I have a job because of these questions. Did you send her a copy of your book? (laughs) (laughs) I did not. Let me tell you a story about a business owner who was frustrated with the BS. (laughs) Keep asking your silly questions because it just keeps making people want to read the book, right? Well, I think, you know, well, Mary Jo. Every time you send something in and then they ask you for another one and you're like, I'm pretty sure I already sent that. And then you send it in again. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. wait a second, didn't you? Didn't I already send that in? And I, then, like you said, 11 months, like that's that's an extensive time frame for a loan application of well, uh, cons- No, they the, uh, the loan took three months, but they needed 11 months of bank statements. And they did exactly that, Richard. They were like, well, we need X, Y, and Z. I said, I already sent it. Are you going to pay me to do your job on top of it all? <laughs> because I'm a little bit on me. I'm like, guessing oh, they didn't laugh, laugh the same way you did at that joke. 
<laughs> I'm sure not. I'm like, you know, I hire assistants to do this for me. And now I am being your assistant. <laughs> it's not how Good point. <laughs> and so yeah. Mary Jo, what inspired you to, because this, now this is a, um, I guess, a revision or uh, in addition to the uh, previously titled book, uh, Wealth Without the Bank. The Bank. And so this is, has evolved into life without the bank. And so what inspired you to, to revise it and to uh, come out to the marketplace with this message and with a focus on, you know, helping and serving uh, business owners who are going through the, the experience that you just described. Any of our listeners, um, whether you're new to Wealth Without Bay Street or you're, you know, already a subscriber if you're a business owner, you can relate to what Mary Jo was just describing when you need access to capital. And so Mary Jo, what inspired you to, to revise the, the title to come out to the marketplace with something different? Um, first of all, the title on the other one just wasn't very good. And so <laughs> like you just admit when something you do is not good, right? And so it wasn't good. It was too long because I don't mind reading, but I don't need a whole lot of words. Right. right. It had too many words. I read it and I was like, whoa, I already said that. Why am I saying it again? And so I shortened it up short and sweet. And then the title was just because I want to, for me, it's about business owners. I mean, I obviously love everybody. Right. And we are, we're all here to help everybody, but yeah. I really, I already work with farmers. And so I really love that blue collar mentality. I love the electricians, the plumbers, the the contractors, the, you know, the small, like if you're getting all greasy, the mechanics, like I'm your person most likely. And so if you're an attorney and a lawyer or an attorney, a doctor, and you want to go play golf, I'm just not your girl. Like, I'm mm. just like, let's go shoot guns or something. <laughs> and so I really wanted to, uh, I wanted those people to know that there's something for them right. because our just the world in general kind of ignores those trade industries, but yet they are the ones out there working and they are going against the grain all the time anyway. And they don't believe that the market is really the place to go. It's just not their nature. And so for me, it was just focusing on the, the individuals that I really, really want to help. And, st and the industries that I want to help instead of just the general population. Um, I think it's really important too, because the, uh, those individuals, those trade type related individuals, they have equipment needs. Yeah. They need, you know, Hey, they need a service fan or you need a truck or you need ladders. You need all these types of things for that type of an environment. And like, that's you know, like a blanket on the trades, but um, and they have to replace those things. So it goes right to the vehicle examples in Nelson's book. And, and the, what we, it was a common theme in what we talk about. So they have capital requirements. And the moment they go from being working for someone else and they want to forge ahead and do their own thing because they, A, they could probably make a little bit more. They can have more control over their time and autonomy. And the, granted, then they find out that they spend way more time working <laughs> than they did before. Um, they, they, they need access to be able to go and get those things. And they're, they're often self-funding it. Well, if you're self-funding, it it means you're just draining down cash resources and your book and, and what you're teaching people is going to show them another way. Mm -hmm. And in this book is, 
contradictory to farming in life without the bank is a lot of uh, illustrations just on what are we going to, what, what happens if there's a 2% fee on your 401k? What happens if there's a 3%, a 4%, what does it mean? Because a lot of, and, and it's funny because a lot of farmers have off the farm jobs and they're linemen, they're electrician, they're plumbers, they're contractors, they're excavators. And they don't want to put their money in a 401k right. and they, they're just not comfortable with it. And so as a business owner, why, why should we put it there? What do those numbers look like? And in life without the bank, those numbers, I've laid those out so that we can see, does it pay to put that money there? Should we as a business owner be offering a 401k? Are we asking our employees, why aren't you contributing? Mm. Right? Do you want the 401k? Can we give you another option? Can we just bonus you the match rather than actually putting it in a 401k for you? Mm. And Very interesting. I don't, I, have you guys ever heard of an employer actually asking their employees, why aren't you contributing? Nope. I would love to know. I would yeah. love for a big business to say, all you employees who are not contributing, why? And I'm going to guess that the answer is because I need the money today to pay my bills and to live, or I don't believe in the risk of the market. Both um, likely the most common response is that, that you would get if you were to ask that question. And what Mary Jo, the book that she's describing to you is titled Life Without the Bank. We are going to include a link. Uh, be sure to get your copy. And while you're at it, get a copy of Farming Without the Bank. This was Mary Jo's first book uh, that was released into the marketplace. And Mary Jo has literally transformed uh, the, the farming industry and how she helps farming families understand that there are, of course, uh, there's a better way. There's a better way to go about financing your business where you're in a position of total and absolute control and you're not laying awake uh, at night wondering when the next, you know, uh, disturbance in cash flow or absence of money. Uh, these are things that you no longer have to worry about. And so having both of those books in your library uh, is a great opportunity for you. And when Mary Jo was using um, the words 401k, so here in Canada, the equivalent to that is the registered retirement savings plan. And your employer, if you're listening and your employer may have that type of plan where there's some form of match or there's some incentive, you know, for you to be contributing to that plan. You know, we can share with you, Mary Jo, you can relate to this, of course. So many people are telling us so much more often that they've really developed a distrust for the financial system in, in general. You know, I was speaking with a person just before this podcast who said verbatim, I really hate the banks. I, I hate the banks. I know that there's something wrong. And... I get frustrated anytime I have to even think of dealing with a banker. And so that may be the experience that you're seeing too uh, in your neck of the woods. It's, a, it's everywhere. It doesn't matter if it's Canada or the US, right? It is everywhere. And we have, if we want to start a business, here's the other challenge that I, I talk to my farmers about and my business owners. And you guys see this as well. And Richard, you just talked to it. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be an electrician, and then I'm gonna go out on my own. 
So I've contributed to this 401k or this retirement savings. What is it? Our, what is it? Registered again? Retirement Savings Plan. RRST. RRSP. P. Oh, plan. Yes. Plan. Of course. The P plan. <laughs> Who needs to know how to spell? <laughs> um, <laughs> so, Especially when you're writing books. I mean, <laughs> that's what <laughs> editors are for, right? What editors are for, absolutely. <laughs> so if you've got, so now we've contributed to this retirement account and we can't even access it without penalty to start our business. Right. So why, if we are entrepreneurial, why do we even start to contribute when we have the solution? They can go say you guys that says, hey, you know what? We can have access to our money to pay our bills today. We can create a retirement account. We can start a business with that money. These employers need to start looking and saying, can we bonus them that match, it's still going to be an expense to the employer Mm. because it's a bonus, right? It's still a tax write-off to them. The employee now gets to put it into a life insurance policy and practice infinite banking. And ah, they can, so the employer good. can provide coaching along that line. They can provide, you know, some incentives to, to do that. And of course, it's actually would reduce the administrative burden to just basically just pay an extra bonus as a wage amount out rather than having to the management costs associated with dealing with the group benefit provider to sort out all these other mechanics. And it, it's interesting. What comes up for me is Willie Sutton's law in Nelson's book. And he says, when government creates a problem, parentheses, onerous taxation, Nelson would always use the air quotes, and then they grant you a solution to the problem that they've already created, air quotes, the, a tax qualified plan, you know, 401k RSP, aren't you just a little bit suspicious you're being manipulated? Mm-hmm. And it's the equivalent of appointing the fox to guard the hen house. Mm-hmm. He says, well, when they need the money, where are they going to go get it? They're going to go get it in the plan that they've, they've created, basically. Yep. yep and we fall for it. Right. And I have, I have lots of clients who have actually gone to their employer and said, can I just have the bonus instead of having the match? Can you just bonus it to me? And if it's not a big corporation, a lot of times the employer will just bonus it or they will say, that's fine, but we need to send the check directly to the insurance company. And so they do. They just send the check directly to the insurance company. But Hmm. Why are we putting money into a, like I had money in my 401k yet. I was constantly starting businesses. I was constantly wanting to buy property. It was just in my nature. And so, but yet that's all I knew, right? Put your money there. Well, good job. Then I lost 50% of it and in the market crash. And then I had a 10% penalty. Well, that was fantastic. That worked real well. Yeah, it's uh, so many people can relate to that happening at some point because they're not in a position of control. Someone else has the money. Mm-hmm. And what, you know, Nelson used to say, Rich, uh, all the time, what a peaceful, stress free way of life it is when you get the banks out of your life. Mm-hmm. And so true. Well, so and true. We as situationary owners. Joe. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Your situation when you had your market drop, and that was one of the impetuses of you getting getting into this industry, getting into infinite banking, was looking for a solution. Well, 
the, the thing that I, is also important to identify is that in that plan and that structure, the, the circumstance that happened to you, there's also the multi-generational impact, which most people just don't think about. They don't consider. They're thinking about the retirement account. Okay, so it's there. It's for my retirement. But what about what? who lives beyond me? What happens afterwards? We're always looking at uh, money passing beyond our own lifespan. When you start to understand Nelson's principles, dollars work nonstop. And the moment that we no longer have them to work for us, we're cutting off the ability for them to work for everyone that follows us too. Yep. Very true. Very true. Agreed. And what in, in the, the book, Life Without the Bank. So what is one of the key messages that you would like the reader to take away from the book? That you don't need the bank. <laughs> All right. The book, the book, Come on, is, Jason. the book is only one page long. <laughs> and it's free. <laughs> Richard's like, great. I can put it on my credit card. <laughs> yeah. It- <laughs> you know? Well, that, that's, a, that's a pretty important message because if you, if you want life without the bank, then you probably don't. There it is. The, bank. the solution is all right there <laughs> in 99 pages or less. Yeah, it is. It really is that as an employer, as an employee, you have to think long term, right? Are you going to be at that job forever? What are your taxes going to be that we've been lied to? I can't tell you how many and you guys are the same way. I'm sure you have 65 year old clients coming in saying, help me. I'm in tax trouble because I was a really good saver. And now I'm being punished because I'm in a higher tax bracket. Yeah. So it's still it still addresses if you're an employee, what do we do? But it, it's more geared towards that business owner that says, why are you doing that to your employees? Open your eyes and, and look at what you're doing to yourself. Because first of all, your business is putting money into a 401k for you. Why? When your business could be putting money into a life insurance policy. If you have a partner in your business, why don't you have key man insurance on them? Are right. you saving your business and your partnership? Do you know your numbers? You can't run a business without knowing your numbers. So know your numbers, know your employees. And just, it's really just opening their eyes that it is a possibility, right? How many people do you guys even run into that you say wealth without Bay Street? <laughs> Not possible, <laughs> right? Like we yeah. have this automatic response from people that says you can't do that. Oh, but you can. You sure can. And, uh, and it works wonderful. And, you know, a few things that you said, when we talk to business owners and we, uh, we share the example of the, um, the hog uh, farmer who, you know, uh, was delivering hogs to, to market and, got T-boned at the intersection and all the hogs were destroyed. The truck was uh, right off and the hog farmer was tragically killed in the accident. And when the family got together, they confirmed that the truck was insured, the hogs were insured, but the most important person on the balance sheet wasn't. And that was the farmer. And so when you, as a business owner tuning into this episode, take a look at your balance sheet and make sure that the most important assets are showing up there. 
And that's you and the key people in your business. And so when you hear key man insurance, for most business owners, they, it's, it's a term that they're unable to relate to. But when they hear the story, they immediately catch what's going on. Like, yeah, that's right. Why, why wouldn't the hog farmer have insured his own life? It's not that anybody hadn't spoken to him about it. Uh, business owners have been there, done that, got the t-shirt when it comes to advice from financial professionals. It's just the whether or not they decide to take action. And like Nelson describes in his book, he talks about there has to be a desire to change and there has to be a change in priorities. Business owners are busy being busy, but they do prioritize what they find important. And so once they see the importance in this, they, they take the right action. I don't says think anybody's it, talked to it, them. <laughs> go ahead, Mary Jo. Sorry, Richard. I don't think anybody's talked to them about what happens when they die. Yeah. And, and I, I kind of call them out in the book on that. Um, I was a little bit nicer than I probably normally am, but it, when you die, your spouse does not go, Oh, well, Richard's dead. You know, I'm just going to go take care of the kids tomorrow. And you know, I suppose I'm going to have to figure out what to do. That is not what happens. Like we do not think as a business owner, we are not thinking about, huh, what happens when my partner, my business partner dies? I mean, we, I have a client that has a business partner that is 60 some years old and uninsurable. Now his term insurance ran out and he's uninsurable and he needs to buy out the wife. Hmm. Oh, so it'd probably be important to have the right kind of insurance on him. And we don't think about if our spouse is important and should she be insured? Oh, this one drives me crazy, right? Because, oh, well, like, let's just use Richard. Does your wife, your wife takes care of the kiddos, right? She does an amazing job at that. Yeah. And it is a full-time job. So she works longer than I do. So most people would say, And you guys see this all the time as well. Well, I don't, she doesn't need to have insurance. I'm the breadwinner. Oh, really? Because you ain't making any bread if you got to bathe the kids and feed the kids and take the kids to school and take them to all their sporting events. And Jason, you can relate to this one. Emotionally take care of them upon the loss of a parent. Definitely. Yep. That is... And emotionally take care of yourself. Sorry, but mom is probably should be insured for more than you (laughs) because you're going to have lost income. Right. And when you start, when like, that's how I describe what the death benefit is for. Cause to me, the death benefit is not to replace the death benefit is not to cover expenses. It is to make sure that we can mourn and take care of our loved ones in the time necessary to mourn. Somebody might mourn three months, right? Somebody might mourn 10, 15, 20 years. We don't know what that's going to be like. And and it provides critical resources that are needed to uh, allow everything else to continue on. You know, life, life doesn't stop because that event happens it continues and it actually just gets a lot more complicated mm-hmm. and we're not accustomed to dealing with that complication. So we need, 
capital resources to be able to deal with what comes up, the unexpected. And I mean, insurance is just such a beautiful thing. It, it, it is free people in free contract with one another voluntarily. No one makes you do it to be able to solve a financial problem that is much bigger than what you're putting in to solve it. I mean, for pennies on the dollar, you can get, uh, you, you can underwrite time. You just have, you can have peace of mind because you have set things in motion so that the family will be looked after you yourself or your spouse will be looked after when the event happens. Cause it's going to happen. We all know it's going to happen. The only thing, two things, death and taxes. We all know that those are the consistent things and we can't, ins- most people don't insure the most important one, which is your own death. It's the same to me. I don't want to get it. Well, and the only thing that doesn't get worse every time politicians meet is death. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that good? (laughs) Well, we don't, let me just add too, as a business owner, do you plan to be in business with your um, partner's wife, your partner's family, or do you go in business with your partner? Because when your partner dies, you're now in business with his spouse or her spouse. Right. And is that what you planned for? Because you probably not always are going to like the spouse as much as you like the business owner. And now you have a new partner and you probably don't have the money to buy them out. And so why do you not have key man insurance on them? Why are you not protecting your business? So there's the whole, I'm going to get away from the bank and I'm going to have life without the bank, right? But there's also that whole aspect of, can I, do I need to take this business over? What happens when? It's not what happens if, is what happens when somebody dies because we just said it, it's guaranteed to happen. And in that situation, if you didn't have the capital and you needed to buy out the spouse, well, now you've got to go beg, borrow and steal from the bank. And then you have to, because you're the business owner, because of what's just happened, there's an impact on the business, probably in revenues, et cetera, because we've lost that key individual. So they're less likely to lend you the money. You got to fight tooth and nail to get it, fill out all the Mickey Mouse forms, just to be able to be in a position to go into debt in the business that was probably debt-free to buy out the spouse's part, you know, mm-hmm. so that you can continue on with the business. Because there's employees or staff, there's people that need, that need the business to continue running. People's lives are dependent on that business being in operation. Mm-hmm. Or you can read Mary Jo's book titled Life Without the Bank and put yourself in the driver's seat and create, create your life without the bank. This is a must-have. And we've included a link in the show notes to get your copy. And as I mentioned earlier, while you're picking up a copy of Life Without the Bank, be sure to get your hands on a copy of Farming Without the Bank. Now, you may not be a farmer. But you may know someone who is and someone who can benefit from the gift of that knowledge and the, the process. And, um, you know, we, uh, Mary Jo, it's always a treat to have you on the show. And congratulations, congratulations on the launch of your new book. And we're really looking forward to sharing it with uh, our Wealth Without Bay Street listeners and, of course, with our, our growing community of, uh, of clients. And um, we just appreciate you probably more than you know. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. And we're going to ask you, because we've asked you the hero question. So we're going to ask you something different. And that different question is, when can we have you back? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Mary Jo's waiting, you know, in suspense. Like, well, you always oh my ask God, what's he going to ask me? Questions. You're like Mr. Deep Thinker, and I'm very shallow over here. <laughs> well, we'd love to have you back. Yeah, anytime. Uh, I, I think another great question would be, uh, when are we writing the Canadian edition of your book? I was, just, I was just going to say, J-Lo said, create life without the bank. So that could just be the Canada version. Mm. Well, then. Let's get some comments from uh, <laughs> listeners. Go ahead and comment if you would like to see the Canadian version of Mary Jo's uh, books, and uh, we, we, I'm sure between the three of us, we can make that, we can make that a reality. Mary Jo, you're awesome. Thanks. And you for everyone, for everyone's on the YouTube's, uh, just look there. You're going to see a playlist. And that playlist is going to provide you with ongoing resources. We encourage you to continue viewing, continue watching on the YouTubes. And if you're subscribing via your favorite podcast uh, medium, then uh, please uh, get in touch with us with any thoughts, questions, comments, and we'd love to hear from you. So thank you so much for tuning in to Wealth Without Bay Street. Richard, any parting remarks for today's listening audience? Just excited for our audience to hear uh, hear Mary Jo because she always brings a ton of value and she has a perspective that I think people will always appreciate because uh, she just tells it like it is and she shoots from the hip. And that's one of the things that I appreciate and love about you, Mary Jo. Thank you. Thank you. you. You continue being you. Just do you. I without will. the bank. <laughs> <laughs> I would possibly without a contractor. <laughs> she gets in touch with them later. Without a contractor. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Wealth Without Bay Street podcast, where your wealth matters. Be sure to check out our social media channels for more great content. Hit subscribe on your favorite podcast player and be sure to rate the show. We definitely appreciate it. And don't forget to share this episode with someone you care about. Join us on the next episode where we continue to uncover the financial tools, strategies, and the mindsets that maximize your wealth.